Girl Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Get an RV policy quote today by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or by going to progressive.com backslash RV. And by Penguin Random House, publishers of the Idiot's Guides RV Vacations. Get a copy by going to your nearest bookstore or visit amazon.com today. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome. This is Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And this is Episode 34 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. Well, my special guest today is Elaine Smith. Elaine is fun, fabulous, and the life of the party. She's a sister on the fly that I met at a recent event when I was in Nashville for the Country Living Fair in April. Elaine kept me and all the other girl campers in stitches. She was the light, and we were the moths. Her stories are so funny that I asked her to come on the show and encourage all of those women out there who are on the outside looking in who want to be girl campers. She's a can-do gal, and she's here to tell us all her wonderful stories on her journey to girl camperhood. We'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll be talking to Elaine. In our news roundup today, I have some fun news to report, my favorite kind. We're having a new Camper College event. It's going to take place July 15, and for the first time, we're actually attaching a girl campout event to the Camper College. So if you'll remember a few weeks ago, I had Lynn Butler as our guest. Lynn is the owner of Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia. And she shared all the inside scoop on what happens behind the scenes at an RV dealership. And we talked about getting our plan together for a camper college. Well, the plans have all been finalized. And the camper college event will take place on Friday, July 15th at Setzer's. Lynn is going to treat everyone to dinner and then her staff there is going to take everybody through 
what is involved in owning and operating a travel trailer. And in all the events that I go to in which my camper will be on display, I always know that women react first to just the emotion of the camper. When they see these dolled up trailers, they just right away go, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And their next response is, how did you get this here? And when they hear that we towed it there ourselves, they immediately recoil in fear. And so my thought was, I don't think women understand how easy it is to tow one of these or to operate these things. So I had this idea that we could demystify trailer ownership. So what we did is we developed a program in which RV dealerships will partner with girl campers and just be that backbone for them. Just say, look, I can show you how to do this. This is not rocket science. It's just learning the essentials of it. So we're going to be gathering at Setzer's and Lynn's staff is going to be taking us through some of the things. And one of the things that women become afraid of, and and I was certainly very afraid of this, is that the camper is somehow going to come off the ball. So once somebody who does this for a living shows you, here's the ball, here's the pin, here's the safety, here's these chains, all the safety measures that are in place to make sure that never happens, then you have it in your mind, the likelihood of that happening is extremely small. And that gives you peace of mind. And so the whole point of Camper College is to let women come in a safe way, ask all the questions that they want to ask. It's it's a very friendly environment. There is no silly question. Because if you've never owned a trailer or you've tent camped your whole life, you really don't know anything about it. I just came back from my first weekend in my new Riverside Retro, and I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes when we do the campfire chat I made a rookie mistake that is sending my little trailer to the repair shop already. (laughs) So, you know, live and learn. So the whole point of Camper College is to give women the opportunity to come there and learn, okay, what is this? How do I do this? When I get to the campground, what's the first thing I do? Then what do I do next? How does the water get in? How does the water get out? When I flush the toilet, where is it going? I mean, inquiring minds want to know, right? So we're going to be doing that. But for the first time, we're going to be attaching a camp out with it. So when we leave there, we're all going over to the Huntington Foxfire KOA. And we're going to camp like girls all weekend long. So this is on meetup.com. You need to go on to meetup.com. And then in the search tool, you have to find the drop-down box that says 25 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles. The very last one says any distance. And you type in camp like a girl. And all of the directions for signing up for the event of Camper College and the event of our camp out will be on that meetup. Now, that being said, you don't have to attend both. If you just want to come to the Camper College on Friday night and you don't want to camp out, it's no cost. Just sign up through Lynn. You could call the dealership. The number is on the meetup site. And I will post it on my Facebook page, Camp Like a Girl, as well. And it will also be on girlcamper.com. So there's many, many ways to get to this event. 
If you want to just come to Camper College, you're more than welcome to just come to that. And feel free to bring a friend. And you may also bring a Mr. Sister, spouse, significant other, your dad, your brother, whoever it is you trust to help you um, make big decisions. It doesn't have to be a man. It could be a woman, your mom, your best friend, whatever. Bring whoever it is helps you make these decisions in life and gives you confidence because I know that when we hosted this at Stone's Camping World, we ended up having to re-host it three weeks later because we had so many calls from people who wanted to know could they bring their spouse or their their girlfriend or their mom. So we, we said, you know what, you bring whoever you want to come with you, you know, to the event. So if you just want to come to the camp out and don't want to come to Camper College, you can do that as well. So that's all up on meetup.com. I'm thrilled to be working with Lynn because I've learned so much about her dealership now. And that's the point of Camper College, that women know when they purchase from a dealer that supports Camper College, they're purchasing from someone who's going to continue to help them along the road of all their adventures after that purchase is made. And you're going to get that through Setzers. So that's all up on the website right now. So the other thing I want to talk about today is that I, <laughs> two weeks ago, my latest blog for Go RVing came out and I haven't even brought it to anyone's attention yet because there's been so much news to report. So I had the absolute pleasure of meeting via telephone, my sister Natalie's friend, Adele Amos, who my sister has been telling me about for years. She'll always say to me, oh, you should meet my friend Adele. She has this cool Argosy camper and she just runs all over the country doing fun things. And so Nat was always telling me about Adele. And so I finally just reached out to Adele and we started going back and forth online and just chatting and becoming friendly. And Adele's story is fascinating. She had a dream. She did not grow up camping. And she had a dream that she lives in L.A. with super expensive. And she thought, if I had an Airstream, I could just park it and um, live out of it. And I wouldn't have these high rents. And then I could have a mobile home. I could go wherever I wanted. And how she came upon this Argosy trailer and how she got her childhood friend, Cindy Gaines, to go with her on this epic journey to leave um, Washington State and go all the way to Massachusetts where the trailer was and then all around the country when they were bringing it back to the West Coast. So their story is on Go RVing, which is on the scenic route. And so when you go on the Go RVing website, on the top toolbar, you'll see Meet the Bloggers. And if you click on Janine Pettit, you can read the story of Adele and her friend Cindy and their epic, epic journey across the country to get this trailer and to bring it back. And they are two of the most fun women I ever had the pleasure of getting to know. And I just hope you enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed getting to know them and writing it. So there's one more thing I want to say before we move on to Campfire Chat. And that is, I had the pleasure this weekend of camping in the new trailer, which I am going to talk about in the Campfire Chat. But I was with our RV Family Travel Atlas podcast family, and they are all of the listeners of the RV FTA podcast, and many of them are cross-listeners. They listen to the 
camp a girl camper podcast as well and we all got together those who lived fairly locally in new jersey and we had the pleasure of camping together this weekend and it was just so great seeing these people that we hear so often from who take the time to write into the podcast and and make a comment and i was very touched when daryl who is a tuesday morning listener Every Tuesday morning, he listens to Girl Camper first thing on his way to work or at his office, which is so touching to me. And he said to me, how is your Uncle Jim? (laughs) It almost brought tears to my eyes. He has been praying for my Uncle Jim ever since I put that little prayer request in the podcast a few months ago. My dear, dear uncle, who I love so much and his wife, my Aunt Ginny, Uncle Jim had a very serious surgery. I was so worried about him. I publicly asked for prayers, and Daryl has been praying for him ever since and asked about him. And so for all of you who are still praying for my Uncle Jim, he's not completely recovered yet, so you can still throw in a prayer or two for him, but he is doing very, very well. And um, I just, I'm I'm so grateful for my listeners, and that touched me, Daryl, and it was great seeing you and your wife and your wonderful son, Andrew, and I'm sorry I'm going to miss the rally next weekend, but when we do our couple camping in the fall, no kids allowed, I'll see you then. Okay, we'll be back in a minute with our campfire chat, and I'm going to tell you about the rookie mistake I made that is going to cost me a lot of money. (laughs) Live and learn. I'll be back in a minute. Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Did you know adding your RV insurance with another Progressive policy like auto, motorcycle, or boat is a great way to save money when you're out there on the road seeing the sights? Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit progressive.com backslash RV to learn more. And I happen to know there's quite a few girl campers who also like to drive motorcycles. So, great way to bundle your two hobbies and save money. Well, I am back from my maiden voyage in my new trailer, the St. George. I took it out this weekend with my husband and two kids, and we stayed at the Turkey Swamp Campground in Freehold, New Jersey, with all of our RV, FTA, and Girl Camper podcast listeners who live in our neck of the woods. (laughs) Stephanie and Jeremy are in such close touch with everybody, and just threw it out there and some bunch of people came and it was so great to see everybody. And I have to tell you that the whole weekend just confirmed in me that I made the right choice with that trailer. I loved everything about it. I especially loved all that space that the slide out gave me. I loved having hot water on demand in an air conditioner, in a potty, in a shower. (laughs) And I was Very grateful that I let my husband talk me into getting the awning because it was so nice to pop that thing down in two minutes and have it. So all of that was great. There there was only one fly in the ointment with the trailer, and I want to share that with you because 
Uh, Janine and Rick made a rookie mistake that's going to be expensive. <laughs> um, not cancel your vacation expensive, but it's more like we're not eating at Ruth Chris Steakhouse expensive. So I want to explain something in the vintage trailer world versus the brand new travel trailer world. So in the vintage trailer world that I've been living in for the last 10 years, stabilizing jacks and leveling jacks sort of take on the same role. But they're very, very different in the new trailer world. So in the new trailer world, the leveling jacks, which are those plastic hard blocks that link together like Legos, and you raise your trailer up on them to get it level left to right, side to side. Th those are the leveling jacks in the new travel trailer world. And then stabilizing jacks are built into most new trailers. They're scissor jacks that are on the frames of the four corners of the trailer. And with this great little crank tool that has a ratchet on the end, they're just lowered down very easily. And the whole thing is supposed to be such a simple process, right? When you're traveling in a vintage trailer, because they don't weigh the same thing, many of the girls got into this habit, and I, I just saw other people do it this way, and that's how I always did it. I had four wooden blocks that I would put on each corner of my trailer, and then I had these half-ton little hydraulic lifts from Harbor Freight, and I would just crank that trailer up until I had it level on all four corners, so I'd raise or lower it wherever I needed it till I got it stabilized. So it stabilized it, but it also leveled it. They were performing two functions in one. You can't do that in a new trailer. So we arrived at the campground, and I knew this. I knew that it was going to be a different thing, that we were told that the stabilizing jacks are not meant to carry weight. They stabilize the trailer. So we pulled into the campground, and the trailer was low on the left side, and we put two of the leveling blocks, and a lot of different companies make them. I have this set called Lynx Levelers, and they're very inexpensive. It's like 10 blocks for under $30. I've had them for years. So I put, I stacked them too high, and that was enough. My husband backed the trailer up on top of those, and it was perfectly level side to side. And so now you level it in the opposite direction, front to back, by raising or lowering the tongue jack. So a couple of cranks, and we had it all level in all directions, and we lowered the stabilizing jacks. And when my husband was doing it, I said to him, just let them hit the ground. Don't, you know, you're, they're not supposed to carry any weight. And he, he just barely let them touch the ground. He put them on the ground and he didn't crank any further. So a whole day went by and um, I said to him, you know, when I'm walking around the trailer, I really do feel a lot of bounce in the trailer. And he said, well, you didn't let me turn it real tight. And, you know, I was afraid that we would do something wrong and do it too tight. So anyway, he said, they're, you know, they're just barely sitting on the sand. Why don't I go out? And they, we, they, we put them on blocks. We put them on the leveling blocks. So he went out and he cranked them a little tighter, thinking that it would take that little bit of spring out. It wasn't a whole lot. And he came back in the trailer and we were walking around. And, you know, when the slide out is out, it's like a little living room. So, so we're walking around and we're trying to figure out if it feels bouncy. When all of a sudden, the entire trailer just lurched forward and we felt this drop. And, oh, we knew right away this is, this can't.
can't be good. <laughs> this is not good. And so we went outside, and basically what had happened is all four of the scissor jacks collapsed under the weight of the trailer when it, it they bent backwards when the trailer lurched forward. And what caused the trailer to lurch forward was when my husband raised all of those, he didn't think of it, and I didn't think to mention it either. It, it didn't even occur to me to mention it. Even when I figured out what had gone wrong with Stephanie Puglisi's help, I realized that never even crossed my mind. So he raised all four corners, but he didn't raise the tongue jack. And that is like the pin. It's like the set pin. And so that would have kept the trailer from moving forward. It was no longer sitting on that block of wood. And then we began walking around and I had wheel chocks in, thank God, or the thing really would have went rolling. So anyway, the whole trailer lurched forward. All of the scissor jacks got bent underneath. They all went backwards and they're all broken <laughs> and they all have to be replaced. And, you know, it's all, it's our fault. It was a rookie mistake and I'm sharing it because when you live in the vintage trailer world, these things are not an issue. The, my, the title on my little vintage trailer says it weighs 900 pounds. I level it on these little tiny hydraulic lifts uh, from Harbor Freight and I've, I never ever had an issue. So anyway, that's what we did wrong. The trailer is going to go into the shop this week and and even though it's going to, uh, I don't know, the, the, the scissor jacks are not super expensive, but I don't know what the labor is going to be. My husband could probably do it himself, but I'm going to take it into my trailer guy, Chris, who does all the work on my vintage trailers. I hope he has them in stock and can just put four new ones on for me. And um, that'll be the lesson learned there. So I'm telling you this so you don't make my rookie mistake because we're not experts here. We're learning as we go along. So there's my mistake of the week. Hopefully I don't have anything terrible to tell you next week. I'm taking the trailer up to the Country Living Fair. So if you're up in Rhinebeck, New York next weekend, stop by and say hello at the Go RVing booth. We'll be back in a minute with our interview with Elaine. This is Stephanie Puglisi from the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. And some of you might have heard that Jeremy and I wrote a book called The Idiot's Guide RV Vacations. It's chock full of RV travel and safety tips. And it has recommendations for our top 40 American RV destinations. It's a great companion book to The Complete Idiot's Guide to RVing, which is also available from Penguin Random House. And you can find them both at your favorite booksellers or online. Thanks for reading, and we will see you at the campground. Welcome, listeners. Well, it is my pleasure and absolute delight to be here today with my new sister on the fly friend, Elaine Smith. <laughs> she was Sister. 5256 from Tennessee, and Elaine and I are down here at the Nashville Country Living Fair having more fun than anyone. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you. <laughs> I am having more fun than anyone. <laughs> it's a sister thing, right? It is. And I'm sitting here in your darling little trailer, and you and I had a big Facebook exchange about a month ago about your wallpaper, because I use this wallpaper in a trailer of mine, and you did the same thing. The this third is one. 
this is a, a pretty little paper from Hobby Lobby, and you decoupaged your whole trailer, and it. I'm sitting in this just charming, charming little cottage. But thank you. So, Elaine, you know what? When you and I were chatting here, I, and we were talking around the campfire, and I started thinking to myself, Elaine, you have to tell your story, because every every sister has a story. And when I was listening to your story, it was your success story in that you sort of had a hard knocks life, but you never let that get you down. And you made up your mind to do this thing when it seemed like the odds were against you. And not only did you do it, you're flourishing. I am. And I love it. I love the ladies I've met. I love the campers. Mm -hmm. I love the remodeling as much as the camping. Yeah, you're turned into a little flipper, haven't you? I have turned into a little bit of a flipper, but I think I'm stuck with this little one now. <laughs> well, I wouldn't chain this for anything. It's absolutely charming. I'm going to put some pictures of it on the show notes so people can see it. Hey, after I built the porta potty, I probably keep it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elaine, I always like to start at the beginning because I I want it. I want people to get a picture of what where Elaine came from. So, tell me about your family and how you grew up. Were you in a camping family? We did not camp. There were six of us children, three girls and three boys, and I was the oldest. And not a lot of money to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, most everything we did was at home. We built tree houses and played out back and, and camped out in the backyard and stuff like that. But we never we never camped. And uh, I knew my friends did and 4-H uh, camp and all that, but we never did any of that. Okay. And so you, you married very young. I married at 16 and had my first daughter at 17. <laughs> You're brave. Young and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out great because you have a lovely daughter. I do that. Yeah. I do that. And, but, but, and you had a second daughter. Yes. I, uh, I was married for, oh, I don't know, five or six years. And then I divorced and I was married the second time for 17. Okay. And uh, I have eight years between my two girls. Yes. And uh, they're both lovely women, professional women and... My youngest has given me the best thing ever, which is my grandson, and he's nine. Griffin. Griffin. Can I tell a little story about Griffin? You sure can. <laughs> okay, because I don't know. Maybe it was about two or three months ago, because the Sisters on the Fly have a private Facebook page. So what we post among each other cannot be seen by the public. You must be a Sister on the Fly. So, you know, we post our prayer requests there, and we we post special little stories. And you posted a picture of Griffin and your, your uh, partner in life, um, Nelson. Yes. Just saying, I want to thank Nelson for being the greatest pop-pop going. Yep. And it was the sweetest little picture of Nelson in his recliner with um, your grandson Griffin laying next to him. He was reading him a story, and he's a very tall nine-year-old. He is. He's so lanky. His legs just hang off, but he still wants to cuddle. And I looked at that picture, and I thought, oh, my gosh, how sweet is that? Because look at this big boy. Even though he's only nine, he looks like he's 12 or 13, laying in that recliner with Pop-Pop, reading a story. And there was so much love on their faces. It brought tears to my eyes. Well, that's sweet. Uh, it's just, it was our anniversary, actually, and I had posted... Uh, that we had been together for 13 years, and out of that 13 years that I was a lucky woman to met a man that would love my own grandson like he was his. And you could see the love in that. Uh, you can. And, and you posted several pictures. That wasn't just a lucky oh, shot. No, he I seems a like lot. a very, <laughs> very involved grandpa. But he is. So I want to talk about when you, when you and I were sitting here chatting, and when you told me the story of how you learned to tow. So I always ask women, how did you find out about 
uh, girl camping. So you told me that you found out about girl camping through a friend. T tell us how you found out. Um, I found out about girl camping uh, after I had bought my first camper and went to my first uh, camping trip at Stone Mountain two, three years ago. And uh, I went with, uh, I think it was 10 Can Tourists. Uh, a bunch of us met there for a camp mm -hmm. out, and one of the girls there belonged to Sisters on the Fly, and she got to tell me about it and all the fun stuff. And those are things I've always wanted to do, but I was mm -hmm. kind of shied away from. So I joined it, and a couple of my friends did. And uh, I have been to, I think, maybe six events now. And every one of them, I have just made more and more new friends. More and more and new I've friends. learned so much. Everybody... Everybody helps you, no matter what happens. Right. <laughs> I had a. I needed help last night. Okay, we have to tell that story. So let let me set the scene. Okay. So, so what year is this camper we're sitting in? It's a 1963 Mobile Scout. So it's a little, maybe 12 or 14 foot. foot trailer, foot. and it's so. If you're familiar with the layout of a vintage trailer, you got the little kitchen when you walk in the door, and then the bed is on the left, and the little booth is up here in the front. So most of these trailers have an outside hatch in which you could store your extension cords and things like that. And that opens up it, it, when you stick your hand in there, you're underneath the bed. Usually you're under a built-in box of a bed. Yes. And I have taken that out and put this iron day yeah, bed. Yeah, you have an iron day bed. So you took, and it's a good thing you did, because tell what happened last night. We were all at the Country Living Fair all day having just a blast. And you got back to your trailer last night, and what happened? Well, five minutes before I got to the Country Living Fair yesterday, I realized I had locked the camper. And my friend Michelle is staying with me because her camper is on display at the mm -hmm. fairgrounds. So I had locked it, and um, I got there, and I really dreaded telling her, <laughs> so I did. And, and we're like, well, we'll figure it out when we get back, not to worry. So we got back here, and I'd already decided. And I was the keys to, were inside? The keys were inside here. But how did you lock? Oh, because you just locked it just and closed the door, the door behind you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so we got, and I had already decided I'd have to take the window off, cut the screen, and do all that. And I really didn't want to, but I knew I'd have to. So I'm going around the campgrounds asking if anyone had a ratchet screwdriver. <laughs> well, next thing you know, I've got about 12 or 15 sisters over here. They're going to help. And we're going to figure out what to do so I don't have to cut my screen to take my window out. <laughs> and then we have a couple right behind us uh, camping that had just pulled in, and they're over here trying to help us figure it out. <laughs> well, so you got about 15 women clacking along over here. Collective minds. <laughs> Collective minds. A little think tank <laughs> happening here. So we're looking at that hatch down there, and it is only about nine inches from top to bottom. It's about four foot wide and about nine inches top to bottom. And I'm well endowed. <laughs> well, it turns out, too, in a quick scan around the room, it was a buxom crowd. <laughs> we had a very buxom crowd, but we had one that wasn't real buxom, and I didn't find this out till last night later. She had just joined the sisters. This was her first event, <laughs> and she takes a lot of yoga. So okay. we... Someone volunteered her to try. Some, and her name is Holly. Her name is Holly. A couple other people had already tried. Uh, Kathy tried, but she said her girls got stuck. <laughs> so she had to come back out. Well, all of our girls couldn't make it. So the man next door, he comes over, and he said, well, I don't have any girls. I'll do it. So okay. he got part of his selfie, and he said, my boy can't get in. I'm yeah, he, he can't get in either. <laughs> so then this precious little Holly, yeah, she tried once, and she didn't think she could get in. 
So then she stood out there and stretched and loosened up, and she tried the second time. And I came to the front window and looked at her, and I saw her head coming out from under my comforter. So I, I stepped in here now. So I come to the back, and I'm thinking, what's going on over at your trailer, right? You Something's can hear happening. Us the whole trailer park. All this laughter. Something happening at Elaine's trailer, and I get over here, and I see the back hatch open, and I see this pair of sneakers sticking <laughs> out. And she's yelling, push me, push me. <laughs> And I came to this other end, and I can see her head coming out from under the comforter. And I said, hey, guys, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl. And that, so, was, that was so funny. So we so got her in here, and, and she sh opened up. And we, and we told, yeah, Holly got out from under the bed, and li literally the, she, she couldn't get any traction. <laughs> so the sisters were in behind pushing her through and then she got in and we got the they got she the got key. her girls and her honey in and then we had to we had to hold the rest of her and get her through shove her through and she was able to unlock the door and let you in and that was so funny Everybody, and i videoed it but it's so dark you can't see but you can hear and you should hear all of it <laughs> yeah oh that was so funny and and you know poor holly we we promised to call maury the founder of sisters on the fly and make up a badge tight spaces or something uh, yeah there is a, there is there a badge or tight uh get that uh, well there's tight turns okay that's like a, that was the badge that uh, inspired by my friend carol and i when we made a u-turn on riverside drive in new york city with our campers and we told maury about it and she sent us two weeks later a badge that said tight turns and it had a jackknife tractor trailer we gotta figure a badge for holly we she gotta get a badge it. for holly but I, I want to go back for a minute, Elaine, because when you told me, you know, you had this idea that you just wanted to be the grandma that camps. So Griffin sort of inspired. He's your only grandchild. And you thought, well, his grandpa rides horses with him, and I want something to do with Griffin. So that was sort of your inspiration? It was. He was my absolute inspiration. And you just wanted something special to do with him? I wanted to be able, I wanted him to have memories of me not being the old grandma. I wanted me to be something special to him in his memories. So we had sold our fifth wheel, Nelson and I, and I got in my head we were going to build a, a teardrop. And Nelson wasn't too keen on that, so mm -hmm. I blew that up. So then I got on Pinterest and I saw mm -hmm. all these cute little glampers and campers, and I thought, well, I can do that. Then I got on Craigslist and I found one. Mm -hmm. Well, my deal fell through on it. I had my money, so I found another one. Okay. I bought it, and I refunded yeah, so it. So you were a woman on a mission at I that point. I was on a mission. This whole thing didn't take but four weeks. From the time I decided I was having one, I had one. <laughs> so let's tell what happened when you bought the camper, though, because it is a cautionary tale, and we don't want women to think, hey, I found this on Craigslist. I bought it. It was lovely. I put all my uh, pretty things in it and everything. You got that thing home. And Nelson took a look at the ceiling, and it was in a heavy rain, and he said, get me a hammer. Well, we got it home from Knoxville, and when I walked in it, it smelled musty. And I started coughing a lot, and I I have a low tolerance for cigarette smoke or mildew or anything. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work in this camper to fix it up. I said, it smells horrible, and it didn't smell like this today. I bought, looked at it, and he said, it wasn't raining. He said, it's been raining three days. He said, give me a hammer. And he took that hammer and barely tapped the ceiling, and it just came down like pieces of wet insulation just crumbling. But what they had done, the day I looked at it, all I smelled was oil-based oil paint. 
So they, it was a little they had, uh, lipstick they had, on a pig. Yeah, they had put one vase all on the ceiling in little squares and then put layers and layers of oil-based paint so you couldn't smell anything. Yeah. So we had to rip it completely out, and it was a learning experience. Uh, I got it for a good price, and I would buy that camper all over again. But there are things you need to look for. You need to look. So Under you everything. properly repaired it. You didn't pass it on to no, the next person. No. You took that down to the skin and you fixed it all. And We took it down to nothing up there and we completely insulated and caulked and sealed and uh, worked on it for about a month. And when the girls that did buy it from Ohio, I felt good when they pulled out with it that they, they had a really good camp. Yeah, you turned over something that yeah, was Yeah, and I, I only camped in it twice because I was able to buy my dream camper, the first one I had wanted, Yeah. later. And, uh, so you found one first, and the, you, the lady agreed to sell it to you, but then she called you at the last minute, and she she had a change of heart. And she, she was emotionally she, attached. She couldn't it. let go. Yes. And then she gave me an option to buy it, as I've got this one tore apart. And so a month mm -hmm. later, I got that one and started working on it. And I decided I needed one with a bathtub and a shower. <laughs> so I sold it and bought a 24-foot Avion. Oh, my goodness. Then I refurbished it, and it was lovely. I sold it to a girl out in Texas, a sister, actually. And um, I decided it was too big to pull, and too it, it was just too much, too hard. It was too much for me. And then I bought this T-90 one that doesn't even have a potty room. I'm, so I've started with a potty, then a yeah. potty and a sink, and then a tub, and now I'm down to building a potty room. And now now you're in a porta potty here. <laughs> now I'm in a porta potty <laughs> Well, I asked you when you and I were chatting around the campfire, I said to you, when you joined the Sisters on the Fly, did you know how to tow? And you told me the funniest towing story, I, I think the craziest, boldest camper towing story I ever heard. And I want you to share it because I'll just tell that you were an inspector for OSHA. I was a hairstylist. I've been a hairstylist mm -hmm. almost all my life. And I had a chance to, for a change of career. And uh, they were building these Walmart distribution centers in the town that I lived in. And I met the head safety there. And he said, uh, are you married? And I said, no. And he said, you have, are you tied down? And I said, no. You want to travel? Well, my mother's always said I was a gypsy, wheels under me. And I, and I <laughs> always knew I wanted to travel. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, if you're willing to go to school, take some classes, he said, I'll train you. And... Uh, to be OSHA inspector. OSHA inspector. So tell um, what an OSHA inspector does. Oh, I was a safety inspector on construction. You're sure construction that, sites. Construction sites where they were building the distribution centers. And your specialty was concrete. Uh, I worked to work for a concrete company. And then when that company would finish, if one of the other companies needed a safety, then I'd stay on and work for them. And then I'd, they just passed me on to the next one. So you might travel busy. to a town maybe 100 or 500 miles away from your home. And um, for four weeks, you might be inspecting the construction of the um, concrete walls. Mm -hmm. And then when that finished, the electrical or plumbing people might come in and you they might say, hey, could you stay on and help? So you would go there with the idea that it's a month, but you might end up a year. Yeah, you didn't know when you went in how long you'd be there. Mm -hmm. And then they were, these other companies would come in and if their safeties were tied up on another job and couldn't get there for six weeks or eight weeks, they'd say, well, are you finished? And I'm, yeah, are you going back to Tennessee? And I say, 
Well, I would like to say here if someone needs a safety, so they would just hire me and then word of mouth, and I'd wind up, usually I'd wind up staying the whole job, which would be about nine months. So the job of a safety, you go there, you're out of town. So in a normal situation, where would a safety inspector be living when they're at a remote site? Well, if a man is choosing where you're living, you're living in the most horrible hotel you can imagine. So if your boss decides yes. what your daily rate is to try to find a place to stay. They paid us a daily rate, like $75 a day. and um, So you're not at the Hampton Inn? And, uh, no, you're at a, a motel owned by uh, yeah. uh, people that use a lot of curry to cook. <laughs> Okay, so you're... <laughs> and you can smell it coming through the walls. So that was my first job. That's what I was at in uh, Clearwater, Pennsylvania. When we went to our next job, I was training on that job. So I didn't have a lot to say. I was just so proud to be there. Yeah. And proud to be making great money just as a starting safety. More money than I'd ever made. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to complain about where I'm staying. Right. And uh, so then the second job, we were going to another town. And I said, you know, I'm the only woman on this site with nearly 300 men mm-hmm. and I think I deserve a decent place to stay of and course. I don't want to stay in these motels and so I asked my my head safety can I go ahead we're not starting for two weeks to see if I can find living quarters for mess for myself if you, I don't want to stay in one of these hotels right and I, I'll take my per diem and find my own living quarters and I'll be glad to look for yours and the supervisor if you like so we were in a ski lodge town we were up in uh, up in Pennsylvania in uh, Toby Hall, and I found us all a house so I had decided at that point that I would not stay in another one of the motels so I bought my first camper so you went out, you had this idea, I'm going to take buy a travel trailer, and I'm going to go to whatever job site, and I'm going to have a home. I'm going to let that per diem make my travel trailer or my truck payments. That's what I'm going to do. Good for and you. And then I can take my own bed linens and my own children's pictures, and I can make it be my nest. Oh, that must have been, felt so great after roaming around in these, <laughs> you know, flea bag motels. For two years, and so I was So you thrilled. went out, you didn't just buy a travel trailer, tell what you bought. Well, I lived in Shelbyville, Tennessee, and uh, Nashville was about an hour away. And I went to Cully Maxim, and I bought a, about a three-year-old, 39-foot pull-behind. and uh, A 39-foot travel trip. With four slide-outs. That is like a tractor trailer. And I pulled it, and I called my, I found it, and uh, an individual had it on the lot, selling it on consignment. So I went home, and I called up. A place there. I said I need a truck, but and they found me a truck. I told them what I needed. <laughs> I went back on Friday to pick up that camper, and so now they, what was your towing experience up to this purchase? Uh, a U-Haul with my furniture in it coming from Washington D.C. back to Tennessee. Uh, and how how long was the U-Haul? Maybe nineteen feet. Oh my goodness! And uh, then you bought a almost double. Mm-hmm. Travel trailer uh-huh. with no idea how you're going to tow it, and you bought the tow vehicle. I did. So you went to the dealership and you picked up the tow vehicle, and what happened? Well, the salesman they give me all my paperwork, and he turns to walk off, and I said, "Well, I, I need to ask you to do me a favor." And he said, "What?" And they were their dealership was right off of the interstate, like you could see the interstate right there. And I said, "Well, I'd like for you to get in that truck." And I'll sit on the other in the pasture side, and I want you to drive it uh, down to the first exit. And because you had the tractor trailer attached to it, yes. And I said I want you to pull this 
trailer down to the first exit. I want to sit and watch you, and I want to get the feel for it. And he said, you've never pulled one of these? I said, no, sir. And uh, he said, hold on. So he went and got one of the other salesmen to follow us, and he drove it, and I rode. And so then we got to the exit and got out, and I got in the driver's seat, and he got in behind with the other guy, and he said, now I want you to drive it to the next exit. Wait, I just want to make sure the listeners are getting this, because this flabbergasts me. You bought a 39-foot trailer and a tow vehicle, a one-ton dually. All in a week, because I had to go to work the next week. <laughs> so a, a one-ton dually is a truck that has the uh, f- a four tires on the back, a two doubles on uh-huh. either side. So y- you got the truck, and you went with the sales, the truck salesman over to the camper place, and he hitched it all up, and then you, you turned to the guy and said, could you just help me drive this five miles down the road? So he, he got in the driver's seat, and you got in the passenger. Yes. And what, what was he telling you? Do this, do that? And he told me, he said, make sure all your, t-. he said, stay in the right-hand lane till you've got a good feel for this. And he said, stay in your right-hand lane. And he said, do the speed limit. Don't go, don't poke along under the speed limit and don't do un- over the speed limit. And he said, if you go under, you're going to get run over. And he's my trucker. <laughs> and he says, and you sure don't want to go over till you know what you're doing. So we went to the exit and got off, and then I got in the seat, and uh, he says, so I drove to the next exit, and they followed me, and I took the exit and got out, and he said, well, I believe you've got it. He said, just be <laughs> real careful. He said, here's my card. If anything happens, call me. And I'd already called my insurance company and told them I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I drove it 58 miles home, and for about the first 10 miles, I was really, really nervous, but mm-hmm. it was kind of a giddy nervous. It wasn't an afraid nervous. It was a giddy nervous. And within a half an hour, I felt like a trucker. I was hauling <laughs> along. <laughs> Elaine, you, you're one of those people who learned how to swim by jumping into the deep end. I suppose. <laughs> but I never did learn to back worth a hoot. I always got pulled through sights. Yeah. And I'm still not a good backer. It, that's not required. But what, what I think is so funny, so you bought yourself a little home, and then every time you moved to a job site, you just took your home with you. I did. So what was your next job set? You were in Pennsylvania. Where'd you go from there? From there, I came back and went to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which was not but about an hour from my home. And I was there for nine months, right next to my job site. <clears throat> that trailer was my little nest. And I'd go, I could drive home every weekend if I wanted yeah. to. But I liked being in my trailer, and I didn't want to go home every weekend. So I'd go home about every three weeks. Because your kids were grown on their own. Yes, and I had my mom at home. I'd go home and see her, but I'd get real antsy. I wanted to go back to my trailer. Yeah. And I was there for nine months, and then my next job was Houston, Texas. And you drove that thing from Kentucky. So it's really only the third time you towed it. Yes. And you towed it from Kentucky to Houston. I did. So let's fast forward, because that, that blows my mind. Okay, so so when you got this little 12-foot trailer here, this must be nothing to you. This doesn't feel like you're towing anything. <laughs> yeah, so, this, like, so many sisters join, and they're like, so freaked out about the towing, but... I mean, if you pulled that 39-foot trailer by yourself on the interstate with five miles of um, tutoring under your belt, this is nothing. Anywhere, anything you're driving, if you're keeping it between the lines, what you've got behind you is between the lines. There you go. And I tell that to women, you know what? you've just got to be relaxed. You just can't think, oh, I'm going over the right, oh, I'm going over the left. Drive like you drive your car. Just drive. Well, you know what? So if you're an equestrian, so I, uh, I ride, and my... 
my daughter is a really accomplished equestrian. She does hunt seat. And one of the things I hear my daughter's instructor tell her all the time, when you're ride, driving a horse, riding a horse, you're looking out at where you're going. Don't look at the nose of the horse. And it's the same thing with towing. You're going to get nervous between the lines and you're going to do this like video game thing, bobbing yeah. between the lines. If you're looking at the um, hood ornament on your truck, okay? So you've got to look out at where you're going, and then you're not wobbling the lanes like that. Exactly. And if you can do that, uh, yeah, and, and then and you're like fine. The salesman told me, wide turns. I will tell you this. Mm -hmm. uh, I did tell you this a few minutes ago. He did tell me to watch places I pulled into for gas. And I got myself into two real good tights. You did? Uh, I did. Serious tights, because... I've learned since then, if you're pulling something big like that, go to a truck stop and go to. And I, I learned to, I always go to the outside lane for gas. Okay. Rather than picking one of the inside lanes because I don't want to get pinned in. All right. So my advice, if I gave any advice, would yeah. be choose an outside gas pump. Okay, that's your system because it it will be makes a your life easier. It surely does. Um, I pull into. You got a little buffer space. I pulled in to get gas and uh, went around thinking it was a drive around through. Mm -hmm. Got around there and there was a car wash. Oh, so you couldn't get out. And I had that 38-foot camper behind me. <laughs> and I came back. <laughs> okay. Who got it out? I got it out. Uh, there was a man there and he said, I will give you instructions, but I will not get behind that wheel. He said, no, ma'am. Mm -hmm. And there was gas pump to the left of me. And he said, I'm not taking out that gas pump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he... He directed me, and I got it out, and it taught me a lesson. I always, I, I never let my gas get low when I'm towing, mm -hmm. and I always know where I'm going to get gas. It's always at truck stops. There usually. you go. And one of the safety tips that Holly Burroughs, our North Carolina sister on the fly, gave us is just don't ever let your gas tank drop below a quarter. She, she keeps it a rule as a half. You just don't want to put yourself in that position where you're going to be, you Well, know. you don't know if you're going to run into construction and you're going to have to sit there and it's hot. If you've got to run your air conditioner and you're going mm -hmm. to sit and idle all that time and burn up your gas, really more than a quarter tank. I'd say half a tank. Well, Elaine, i got to tell the listeners this. So when I met you, there there is nobody at this camp. Out. What do we have here? 25 sisters. We're uh -huh. having so much fun in Nashville here at the Country Living Fair. But you are the life of the party, Elaine. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you don't. You're not wearing a lampshade on your head, but you are having so much fun. I'm gonna do it all dressed up tonight, except for my flamingo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so y you told me the funniest story about your daughter that I wish you would share because your daughters are like 33 and how old are uh, they? Say they're now they're they're 40 and 48. Okay, so when you're when you joined this group, one of your daughters came on a camp out with you. Is that how it worked? Well, she I was at Stone Mountain, and she lives mm -hmm. in Atlanta, and ten minutes from Stone Mountain, and oh. it was in December. And she, and uh, you were camping in a little trailer. I was camping in uh, a little trailer in my second little trailer, and I was there. Your little gem, the fly, okay. Yes, and so she drove out. And she's the adventuresome of my two daughters. Okay. She, she's she's my gypsy. And uh, so she drove out to see me. And uh, 
she said, well, I'll come out for a few minutes. And she, she says, I don't want to interrupt you and your friends. And so she mm -hmm. came out and she stayed and she stayed. And so the next morning, right after breakfast, here she came again. And, <laughs> and then the morning when we were leaving, she came out she, and she said, Mom, I just wanted to see how you could do when you hitch this up and watch yeah. you hitch it up and pull it out. And she said, I bought your birthday present. And she bought me some pillows for my camper. And I think uh, she was a little proud of Mom. And she said, Mom, I have to tell you something. I saw it. She said, I have never been prouder of you. And I said, Aww. why? And she says, just look what you're doing. And Aww. then she said, but what tickles me, Mom? I've never seen you be like a friend. And I said, what do you mean like a friend? I said, I said, I have friends. Yeah. And she said, no, but these women like you. And she said, and they think you're funny. And she says, and you are funny, Mama. Yeah. Well, I laughed so hard when you told me that story because our kids don't think we're people. Oh, no. <laughs> your mom and your grandma and you wear all these hats. And your daughter had an opportunity to see you in your environment. And she's probably you know? texted me at least five times this weekend. Yeah. And she's like, Mom, are you having fun? What are y'all doing? And yeah. She's, all, she's, she's on top of it. She wants to care for so bad. Uh, I hope she gets one because my girls have no interest in this. But my oldest daughter who works in Manhattan and she's a, she's a concrete, you know, and skyscraper girl. And I, I finally convinced her to come with me to um, the Maryland Sisters several years ago. And so she took the train down after work on Friday and we drove down to Maryland and she camped with me. And I think she was just patronizing me because I was always asking her to go. And we were driving home from that trip and she said, oh, mom, that was so much fun she said your friends are so nice i i just thought i was gonna hate this and i just enjoyed it so much she she, she thought the same thing like she she really sort of understood the friendships so i want to talk to you about that elaine because i see you here and i think you're one of those women who joined this thing and instantly became a mentor for other women i see you here i see you. you're working the room elaine you're like the mayor of this campground and you are in, you're here you're encouraging all the newbies here poor holly her first weekend here and we had to shove her through the basement of your camper how much more encouragement can i give her we gave her a little prize didn't could i have we? been a little self-serving <laughs> Well, sisters help sisters. No sister left behind. But I see you here. Talk to us about um, just how these friendships in these women's lives have changed your life. Well, if I'm not overstating it, not, I want to put words in not. your mouth. But I just look at you and I go, "Wow." Well, when I divorced in 1986, I was uh, I was 37, 38 years old. And I moved from Tennessee to Washington, and I was there for about seven years. And then I moved to Virginia Beach, and I was there for eight or nine years. And I was, you know how you say you're finding, you're look, you're trying to find yourself. Well, I thought I was trying to find myself, but I was I was running away from what I was leaving behind. Okay. And so when I joined the sisters and I started camping, it wasn't like I was looking for anything, but I found it. Yeah. It's it's just the craziest thing I found it. I'm so content and happy um i'd do anything for any one of them out there and they would me too i know they would i know but it's just like there's no other than having a good time there are really no expectations of you <laughs> none it's it's absolutely true but there is an expectation sort of unspoken in to that to be good to each other to be good to each other and that's all and and i always tell this story when i'm at um events and i'm talking about uh, there's one woman i'll never forget her that i met and um she came to a camp out and uh she just she just thought um 
she wanted to know how I was going to make everything even, Stephen, because we had a Dutch oven. Everybody was bringing food, and she brought this big thing of shrimp, and she pulled me aside to say that she brought shrimp, but somebody else brought potato chips, and she wanted to know how I was going to make it even. Oh, my goodness. I know, and I thought, oh, my God, you poor thing. You really need to join our group so we can show you that it's not about that. And she, she pointed out the lady who brought chips, and I said to her, you know what, let me tell you something about that lady. You know, her mother has Alzheimer's. She works full-time. She has an autoimmune disorder. And when she gets out of the car and has to walk to the grocery store, every step is painful for her. Every chore and things she does is so difficult for her so usually when she comes on a trip we just plop her in a corner and we wait on her hand and foot all weekend long because her whole life is about serving other people so when she gets on a camp out we just plop her in a corner and bring her anything she wants all weekend long and and that's what i see happening among the women here and i see it here well and i'm i there's all ages of women here but i'm probably one of the older ladies i'm 66 and um Michelle, my friend um, mm -hmm. that's camping here with me, she's 54. But it's like there's not, age doesn't matter in this group. It's, it's an like, ageless group. It, yeah, it is ageless. And uh, it makes it very comfortable. It's like even... Um, you're and our to, little Holly that we had to shove through the rabbit hole last night to get your keys. She looks like she's 35, she doesn't does. she? Yeah. You know, and you, you find yourself being more comfortable with your body. I have found this out with this group mm -hmm. because... Because uh, most women have body image issues. Because we dress up hideously, number yeah. one. <laughs> uh, and the more hideous you are, it doesn't matter if you've got on a crinoline and you have a tummy or if you got on cowboy boots we're and not your worried legs about look it. like toothpicks. Yeah. We're a strange-looking little group, but we're so funny. There's so much self-acceptance here. It is. you know, And there's so much... Uh, it's, I can't even, I hate the word tolerance. Like, we shouldn't tolerate people. You just are who you are. And when you're in this group and, and nobody's judging you and, you know, you feel just so relaxed and... Well, it's like last night when I locked those keys in here. Well, we got up this morning. Well, we left the campgrounds yesterday evening. And after we got out of there, Michelle, whose camper is in the campground, she realized she had left her keys in it. We had to go back and... Had to go through security. I thought they were going to throw us out. Trying to get her back in her camper yeah. to get her keys. So then my keys were locked here. So here we are, both of us. So we already messed up. So then we get home and we get in this morning. We're getting all ready to go. And I realized that the camper keys are locked in the truck. In the oh car, my gosh, you've had a bad key and weekend. The, and the car keys are in the camper. <laughs> But the daughter in Atlanta, when I bought my new car, she yeah. had programmed in the code. So I was able to open my car, yeah. get the keys, get in the camper. And get on your good. merry way. We left the campgrounds this evening, got almost home, and Michelle says, oh, gosh, I left my cell phone in my camper. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she and I have the nickname. We are Lucy and Ethel. And Ethel. I'm Lucy, well, she's Ethel. I honestly believe that when we're with our girls here, we're having so much fun. Like, you kind of forget the details, like, where your keys are. I hope it's not that and something or not something worse. <laughs> <laughs> what it, what my dad used to call it. I'm having a uh, senior moment, you know. But I, I have to say, Mich um, um, Elaine, that just meeting you here because you know we we feel like we know each other online because you and I were sitting at the restaurant across from each other mm -hmm. on a Friday night or Thursday night, whatever we got here, and I'm reading everybody's name tags and I said. Elaine Smith, there you are. You're like the one with the sweet grandson in Poppy's lap. Oh my God, that's what I said. As soon as I saw you, I said, it's you. And you got the wallpaper I got. And so we've, we we have this foundation already from our online community. 
which is what's so important in the Sisters on the Fly and any girl camping group. It's not just about the weekends that we're camping. We take all of these memories home with us. We help each other with our campers and our projects. And then when we get home, there's that whole online community where we're sharing things about our grandson and a, a prayer request for my mom and my dad is having hip surgery. And it, it's just this community of women who are supporting each other. And we don't have to be at a campground uh, enjoying each other's company. This is fun. It is. But there's so much love and support happening in the community, even when we're not camping. It is. It's Michelle lost her dad last month, and we already had a camping trip planned. And uh, there were about, I think we had 12 going. And uh, we found out that she lost her dad, like, Aww. really suddenly. Well, every one of us canceled because we didn't want to be there without Michelle. We couldn't go have fun. And you wanted to she rally to her through. side. Yes. And so as soon as she got home, she said... Uh, I need a camping trip. So we took off and camped four days together and and talked about everything. And here we are camping again. <laughs> and you, you just were a friend to her and let her have a good cry. And... Oh, a good cry and made her great margaritas. <laughs> That's what good friends do. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do. Elaine, I'm so happy that I got to meet you in person. And I'm so grateful you came on the show to talk about it. And I hope it encourages other women because I wouldn't advise everybody to jump into the deep end of the pool and tow a trailer the way you did. But God bless you. You know, you're, yeah, sometimes you're just, you just got to fly by the seat of your pants. It all worked out great. And I'm so glad it did. Well, and, God's children, and he looks after us. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I say that so many times. I got an angel riding shotgun with me. Honestly. But, you know, my, when my kids got their driver's license, I found this little um, tag, a, a visor tag to put in um, at the Christian bookstore. And it said, don't drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, really so do. don't test your guardian angel, please. Oh, I've got to tell you, I've enjoyed meeting you so much. And you have made this so fun. It's just been sitting here in the camper talking. It has mm. just been fun. Oh, thank you, Weleen. I always love these weekends at the Country Living Fair. It's when the fair is over, we're so exhausted, but we get back to the campground and we get this second wind going. And we had this great potluck dinner tonight. And you and I are sitting here and we're hearing all the laughter, right? The campfire's mm. going on. So. Thank you for coming on, Elaine, well, and showing you you, sharing your great story with us. And, well, I, I appreciate it. Thank and I, I hope I see you in Atlanta. I hope so, and I hope if there's anybody listening to this that wants to jump in and try it, but they're scared, you just can't live scared. You just got to try. I just got to try new things. What's the worst going to happen? Just try. Right. Oh, thank you for saying that, Elaine, because there are, they're out there, and they're listening, and they need encouragement. And and if this brings anybody a moment of joy and takes your mind away from what's troubling you at home, yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Absolutely, and that's what the group is all about. And it's not just these campouts; it's this whole community that it's been it created. Is. It is. Oh, thank you for sharing, Elaine. You're welcome. Happy trails. Happy trails. I'll see you again. <laughs> Girl Camper is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. This summer, the must-attend event is the New Jersey Festival of Ballooning in White House Station, New Jersey. Come and see us at the Progressive RV booth July 29th through the 30th at Solderberg Airport. Enjoy balloons, entertainment, music, prizes, and of course, the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast hosts, Jeremy and Stephanie Puglisi will be there in person. For more information, visit balloonfestival.com. I'm going to be going because.
because I am a big fan of RV Family Travel Atlas, the podcast. I'll see you there when I'm visiting Stephanie and Jeremy. That's our show for today. I'd like to thank my special guest, Elaine Smith. You're so much fun, Elaine. I can't wait to camp with you again. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I so enjoyed sitting in your little trailer. What a hoot. (laughs) I can't wait to see you in the fall. I also want to thank my sponsor, Progressive Insurance, and I'd like to thank Penguin Random House. I'd also like to thank my producer, Stephanie, for always putting the show together for me. Stephanie and her husband, Jeremy, can be heard every Wednesday on the Campfire of the Week podcast and every single Friday morning, first thing, on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. I look forward to it every single Friday morning. I'll see you all next week. Have a good week. Happy trails.